how his country needs him here. Cristiano Ronaldo, yes! Oh, yes! Nani. Rooney! Oh, wonderful! What a goal! And what a time! In what a place! What a play! Wayne Rooney out of this world! Comes out to Essien! Oh, my goodness. What an unbelievable strike. Freddie Youngberg again, pushed out by Bartes. Wilson! Arsenal have scored yet again in the Premiership, and this could be the most crucial goal of all. The full-time whistle! It's glory, glory, Tottenham Hotspur! Alright guys, welcome back to the Peace and Power podcast. I'm your host, Ed Dowling. With me today, usual gang, Temi top left, what's up? Hello. Happy birthday to your mother as well. Hope she had a good day. Patrick, top right. How's it going? Hello. How's that yoga going? Uh, it, it was good, thanks. <laughs> bottom right, we've got Dixon. What's up? Howdy. And finally, bottom left, we have Hammerson. Good evening. Yo, yo, yo. It's Ed, kind of the you afternoon. I can't believe what's just happened. What's that? Everyone was in the spot that you said they were on my screen. Oh! A pace of power. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's great. I didn't think that was possible. I thought there was like some algorithm that prevented that. And that is what we're here to talk about today. The, uh, the, the Zoom, Zoom algorithm, panels. yes. <laughs> I think we should say just before we go into the main meat and drink of this episode, which is, of course, about the Super League, that like we recorded an episode on Sunday, basically dismissing the Super League as, yeah, it's never going to happen. There's basically no point in talking about it. And then we just talked about other ways in which the game's gone, you know, basically brushing over what could have been the very end of football as we knew it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then we were going to record, we weren't going to record on Monday, thankfully, because if we did, it would have been a very, very different podcast what this one's going to be. But obviously we definitely need to talk about this. Probably the most significant moment in football in our lifetimes, would you say? I think so. Probably, like... I'd even go further and say arguably sport. So, to be honest, I can't remember anything on the scale of what what has occurred in the last few days. Yeah, it's a very different kind of thing to like a a sports person's death or something like that. Because, like you know, Maradona dying, stuff like that. That's that's big news. But this is well, it's it's what Ed was talking about a few weeks ago. The the very fabric of the game. In in fact, Ed, you look your your bizarre ramblings now looks sort of prescient. (laughs) They doubted me. They doubted me. And listeners, it's for you to hear. Everyone can hear this. You know, my ramblings as they were deemed are now fact. I, you know, somewhat like Jesus Christ, preach the yeah, go as far as fact. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this, no. this podcast endorses blasphemy now. <laughs> but no, I think so. Very briefly, can one of you guys just explain to me, partially at least, what this was i know that's a bit of a a big task but i think for for the average listener they're not going to know the the very ins and outs of what of why this came about and what it actually meant for the game so pat could you could you set us off uh okay um i mean this is something that i definitely don't feel especially confident with because the the actual tournament format that was being planned was so half half baked and sort of we, we didn't get the details. They were just throwing shit at a wall and seeing what sticks. But essentially, the 12 of the biggest clubs in Europe, including half of which were from England, um, and all of our clubs as well, um, basically decided that 
they no longer wants to be part of European competition uh, in its current form and wants to form their own breakaway Super League with uh, essentially guaranteed spots for all of time for them. Um, no relegation, no promotion, none of that stuff. Uh, and then they sort of tacked on this, oh yeah, we'll we'll have five places open for, you know, a, a measly five places open for other clubs to join based on merit. But essentially the plan was for these clubs to uh, have guaranteed income via crazy amounts of funding. Um, mm. I think it was about 300 million for each club, something like that. 350 yeah. million a season. Yeah, 350, 400, I believe. Now, for your likes of, of Hammerson, that might sound like a, a paltry amount of money, but <laughs> um, for clubs like Arsenal, for clubs like Tottenham, this, you know, a, a very significant amount. Um, for, and... for context, for context, that is literally around Spurs, Chelsea, Arsenal, Man City's entire annual revenue yeah. from one yeah. competition, and that's yeah. excluding TV rights, etc., Obscene amounts of money. So, so Tammy, could you explain to me then why people were so angry at this? Because I've had a lot of people ask me, especially, you know, this seems like a good idea. You get to watch your favourite teams week in, week out. Why are you so fiercely opposed to this idea? I think I can boil, boil the, the anger that followed down to probably three reasons. The main one, uh, as Pat alluded to, was that it was a closed competition. So while there were sort of like a measly five places up for for qualification it was that it was that these these teams could never be relegated no matter how hard the other teams worked how well they did how successful they got we don't know what could happen in football they would never they would never like be sustained in that league in the way that these these 12 teams would be and that really eats away at the heart of what football is because as so many players have said over the past few days and we actually said in our podcast a couple weeks ago at the heart of being a football fan is the dream that your team can go to the very 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 top to to remove that really like damages our league uh all, all of grassroots football right up to the very top because people won't support their clubs in the same way or dream about their clubs in the same way unfortunately well probably fortunately now the uh Domestic competitions, UFA Cups, the oldest football competition in world football, the uh, the Premier League, La Liga, all all domestic competition. Hey, don't forget the Carabao. The Carabao, of course, <laughs> or whatever it is cup. now. So they they all said that all the teams in this league would no longer participate in the other in in any of their competitions. So that means not only not only adding this extra competition as a crazy source of money for these teams, but removing all of the money that they bring in from the domestic, from the domestic game. And we're talking money that I can't even, I can't even like comprehend because these teams, these massive English teams are while that, while it seems remiss to say they're the beating heart of the game, because that probably isn't what they are. They really are what brings so much money into the English game because these are, these are worldwide names in Tottenham. So, catching catching crazy shades city city like are a successful team but like i do think people conflict big with successful city don't have loads of fans well i read a headline they were they were struggling to sell two thousand tickets to the i think it's the carabao i mean to be fair 
garbage so, cup, Carabao Cup, but they're yeah, str- yeah. they they were struggling to sell just two thousand. Min- minuscule stuff. I will I will say I do know I do know one Charlie for listening. Sorry for all this slander, but these guys are right. Your club is small. <laughs> um, now now Temi, just quickly, I think there's a little addendum that needs to be added on to what you're saying here because these so it's important to say that these clubs didn't intend to leave these domestic leagues as part of their proposal. Um, and this this isn't even devil's advocacy because like uh, I think everyone everyone knew that the clubs probably ha- had an inkling that they might get kicked out and were willing to do so anyway. Um, but these clubs are basically, uh, their, their defence is them just saying, oh no, this this is just our alternative to the Champions League. You know, no problem for you guys, no need for you to get involved. This is all fine. <laughs> but the sources around that were even that the clubs would be qu- quietly uh, delighted that they that they wouldn't be able to participate in any other competitions. and And that includes their players literally being banned from playing for their countries because one their players wouldn't get tired and two the the super league would be the only place you could see ronaldo the only place you could see messi yeah. neymar if they if they managed to get ps psg to join the, the only place you could see mm. marcus rashford you know like, <laughs> <laughs> so Mohamed, Mohamed <laughs> <laughs> so that was all rolled in they 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 weren't bothered about that so the the anger came to a point because it it showed just how little respect the owners of these clubs had for the history of the game the fans of the game the the way the game runs and and how it works the way that the money trickles down to to the teams who are struggling and it doesn't even really enough but this was this would be to remove it all Mm. and that was just too much it was too much i think one of the most disgusting aspects of it obviously all of it is disgusting but the fact that players and managerial staff who fundamentally are the primary actors in this whole thing that, you know, this whole podcast is about them. It's not about anyone else, really. They weren't even informed of this, you know, players like Jordan Henderson, for example, who weren't even told that like your club is basically selling out your international career for more money and you can't do anything about it. And then they have, they're put in a position where if they don't speak out, they, you know, you know, they're speaking up, they're damned if they do, they're damned if they don't, essentially. And that really showed how out of touch these these clubs' management were. And just, I don't know, I was thinking about it today, right? And was it three of them are owned by Americans? Yeah. And I think that's United, Liverpool and Arsenal. And you could basically ascribe their reasoning for joining is they don't see why it shouldn't be a franchise system. It's a different culture, almost. They don't understand how. Um, Chelsea and City didn't want to get left out of the gravy train and I guess you could say it was Spurs but like Spurs literally don't have the money to not get involved yeah. hence why as it came out City and Chelsea were the first ones to say look we're going to wash our hands of this because I know some fans would say oh, well, they're more moral but basically the reason is they have the, the finances to say we don't actually need this yeah and with with you mentioning, I think it's important to measure morals because uh, there's been a lot of talk about morality in the game over this, of course. And really, honestly, I think the only moral actors in all of this, the only people that I think genuinely get off with their hands completely clean are the players and the managers. I think that is it. Um, I think these other, I, you know, <sighs> verified journalists talking about how Bayern Munich and PSG are moral clubs. What? 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 Oh. Uh, um, like Bayern, Bayern have the most aggressive monopoly on a league that's imaginable. If a player from a different club does 
it is anywhere near above their station. Bayern will just hoover them up. Um, same with managers. The most, so, the most aggressive monopoly on the league since literally current PSG. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> These so, cannot be seen as moral. Well, I exactly. learned that the reason why the the reason why many people believe they did not join was because both, I don't know what the PSG chairman's name is, and Karl-Heinz yeah. Rummenigge are both on the European... Leonardo is the chairman, isn't he? And then... Um, yeah, but it's not him. Then, it's, uh, the, it's the... Um, you mean the owner? It's no, it's the, I don't think he's the owner. He's the, the CEO because the owner isn't the guy you've seen the change of him all the time, is it? Is it the CEO? Is it different? It's the very fact that we are having to deliberate between these various faceless guys says it all. Yeah. But both him, whatever his role is within PSG, and Karl Heinz Rummenegger are both on the European or like the board of UEFA, number one. So obviously, to, to go against UEFA, which is the main football European authority, would be criminal. So and, is Edward Wood, by the way. So I mean, Edward Wood, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about that motherfucker in a second. Uh, rest secondly, in peace. Rest in peace. You, you think about when PSG uh, were under investigation for the Neymar's transfer, I think it was, and how basically nothing happened to them. And, you know, basically transfers like that leading to the situation in the first place, I think they were best suited to not immediately go against your wafer because I think some stuff and, would come and- out that they wouldn't like to see. And even even more interesting point on that topic, and I don't, I'm not sure how conspiratorial you guys reckon this is, but PSG, the, the sort of state backing that PSG has is is Qatari. Um, Qatar, you know, b- bought the World Cup off FIFA. Um, it would be it would be very much against their interests to suddenly be all critical of UEFA and FIFA when you know they've obviously got very close ties with them if mm. if shady money is changing hands which it which it definitely is and this is why you know your FIFA's your UEFA's they, they, all over the shop well exactly and the, these organizations are every bit as much to blame it's it's basically the a case of the enemy you know versus the enemy you don't um, exactly. or the devil you know sorry so this, this is what I was saying to Timmy just before we went on on to the recording it, even though the outcome I wanted has been arrived at, it does leave a very, very bad taste in my mouth because you're, well, A, my club is as complicit in these disgusting acts as anyone else. And B, yeah. you're realizing actually, because you know how corrupt UEFA are, you're so aware of it all the time. And it's almost like a joke how corrupt they are. But now they are the people we have to deal with. You realize that why are we even accepting this? Yeah, and how yeah. how we can't put how do we push for something that has happened to Super League to happen to UEFA? Like, how do we do that? You know, it's just like the system we know basically, and it's yeah. So um, like the Qatar World Cup, for example, my very last point. Like, I saw an article in late 2020. I didn't even see this that the FBI have proof that it was bribery. In the, it was in the Washington Post. Oh, nice! Like, like actual proof that like this World Cup, <laughs> the like the fulcrum of the game was bought, you know, by a state. Like, what? Can they and not do, know, do anything know... with that information? I don't know. Like, it was like a, a little like snippet from an article. So obviously, I don't, you know. And do, do you guys know how many Qatari workers have died uh, in construction of the... In the region of 7,000 or something obscene, isn't it? Yep. Uh, yeah. About, about 7,000 people have died. I mean, in, you say Qatari, in like, they're not just like shipped over from somewhere else no. in well, really like modern it's slavery like, conditions. It's like Ghanaians, yeah. Bangladeshis, people like that. And there's a document, there's many documentaries. So yeah, this, this is this is a, a, a pace and power decree. We've been doing a lot of these recently, but you know, 
we enjoy them. Uh, FIFA are not the good guys. FIFA are not the good guys. Uh, there, are, there are very Absolutely few good guys. Absolutely not. Yeah, they're, they're think... the bad guys, but not the worst guys. <laughs> yeah, because it's a real lesser of two evils, both in terms of like the the associations that have been like trying to put put their competitions at the top, but also the competitions themselves, because we're now looking at a situation where UEFA have actually put in place plans to change the the current uh, European tournament as we know it. So but this is for be... the best, right, Ed? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they basically decided theirs is going to be like Super League light. So <laughs> we saw the reaction to this, and it seems like everyone wanted it. So let's make <laughs> yeah. it like that. So basically, what they're planning to do currently, you have uh, eight groups of four. Yeah. Uh, as a group stage, the top two go through to the knockouts and third places drop down to the Europa League. But they're now planning on having all of the teams, which will now be 36. They're planning on having 36 teams in one league together. Sounds pretty How super, it, that. And definitely it does, European. It does sound incredibly <laughs> European and super. But instead of playing all the other teams, which it kind of makes sense to do in a league, you will play... 10 games, five home, five away, but you're still going to be, you're still going to be ranked against every team, despite like them not having played the same teams as you, which feels very dumb. But I guess it's still no more dumb than, than, than the group stage though, where, where we had Leipzig and PSG in our group and there were groups that have literally no no good yeah. teams in. So I guess yeah. it's, it's no more stupid than that. Yeah, but it's no, it's no, it's no improvement. No, but then they've they've also got a safety net for big clubs. Yeah, this this is what he's talking about. Because where they've been saying, oh, uh, you know, having it, having clubs qualify for the Super League not on merit, just on having been rich enough to found it is immoral. It's against the game. But now they're putting in place a system oh, where the, the two the two biggest clubs to miss out just get in anyway. Get in. <laughs> and the example the example they gave was so funny because it was like it was so pertinent to this season because it, I think the example was like if a club like West Ham came fourth and Man United came sixth, Man United would get in over them. <laughs> Why? Why are West Ham always the whipping boys? <laughs> I hope they've done it so that, like, as well as a list of clubs that they've deemed big enough to get in off merit, they've also got a list of clubs small enough that if they qualify, they're not allowed in. Yeah, like, they get muscled out. Oh, if, if, if West Ham get in, you know, if Crystal Palace get in, you are not getting in. <laughs> Something will be done about that. <laughs> the, the, the Champions League system, it makes me appreciate now, the Champions League system we have now, I think it's, it is absolutely perfect. Not, yeah, I don't in, think in, it is. In I terms agree. of structure... What else? You don't need to make. I, I see a lot of people slagging it off, but I I completely agree. I mean, yeah, all right. The group stages can sometimes be a bit monotonous if you've got yeah Chelsea against Dynamo Minsk. Interesting that you, you think you picked your team as one of the big ones. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Titans, well. Dynamo Minsk. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like, no, I don't I think I've ever played the Champions League because otherwise it's it's either you our example without those. It's either you have a Super League without those clubs, which is what we've all just been yeah. against, or you 
deal with it. They've got there on their own merit and you then go and beat them. If you don't beat them, well, then you're clearly not. Up that's, to that's, it, right? that's the other thing that we haven't even really talked about was that the, the proposed tournament, the actual tournament itself, which should be the most crucial part of, of all of this and which has almost been lost a little bit in all the sort of financial outcry. The tournament sounded so bad. <laughs> like, Warren, yeah, for me, the most annoying thing is these Champions League plans, the amendments for 2024 that Ed just spoke about, were already proposed before the Super League. Yeah. So they were already proposing these blooming VIP passes, giving, giving big clubs a right to be in the competition when they haven't qualified. Like, so that was clearly already on the table, the lack of meritocracy even before the Super League. So it just shows how much power these big 12 yeah. have for absolutely no reason whatsoever like it it just shouldn't exist it shouldn't be that way should we, we say we say we big talk- 12 but like let's think about it it's really barcelona real madrid manchester united liverpool Juventus, even juventus really like really mm. the it's old not, lady <laughs> it's not arsenal spurs. <laughs> and then this is another no. thing as well arsenal spurs have been catching so much shit and rightly so <laughs> i don't know what italian twitter's like AC Milan, Inter Milan. That's what? Yeah. AC Milan have been nowhere to be seen for like fifteen years. They, they are like, the, the Arsenal of that league. Like, yeah, the what? thing. At least Arsenal were in the Champions League for like twenty years straight, and yeah. are still in the Europa League every year. AC Milan, where where have they been? And it's, it's worth it's worth you know, saying you've got like well teams that. like Atalanta doing more than them. Yeah. Um, although my my respect for Atalanta has gone down oh, as a left back was one of the people who was who was disc- disgracing the name of Arsenal um, <laughs> and called out Spurs. Yeah, for some reason. Um, <laughs> but it's yeah, it's worth saying as well that obviously you know we don't have enough time to go around every single way this has affected every single one of our clubs because really this is enough for a, a you know a month's worth of episodes. But um, it is worth noting that I think. Clubs like Arsenal, but probably to be honest, Arsenal, Spurs, and United um, have, and even, even though I think United and Arsenal were both sort of quite pushing of this this idea, um, we really, honestly, we wouldn't have had much choice to, to other than to be to get involved with it in terms of like our club would have been fucked without without that money if like if we didn't sign up, we'd have been left behind so badly. Clubs like you know, like Chelsea, like probably more, even more so City. You, um, you, you say that even with because of FFP, any of the twelve that didn't sign up would have been left behind. Yeah. Roman and um, the Abu Dhabi royal family can't just pump in four hundred million a year out of nowhere. Like that would then just that. reach. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would now with FFP, they can't do that anymore. Are they so talking about? Even, rela- are they talking about even though we FFP? have. Second. I mean, it's after as relaxed as it can be, surely. I know, I know, it's already, it's, it's already a load of shit. But I think after all this, um, they're talking about like basically caving to the big clubs and saying just spend whatever you like; it doesn't matter. Obviously, they've changed it for COVID and gotten rid, rid of it for COVID. Yeah, but it, uh, from whatever, it will be coming back. But they are gonna amend it. But, but in what capacity? I don't think yeah. it's been released yet. But the fact that it is there means that money from operations is so much more relevant than it was 20 years ago yeah. when Abramovich bought Chelsea. He, he can't just pump in an extra 250 million a summer yeah. for, tra- for transfers. Poor, poor Abramovich. Anymore. Poor, you know, poor, it, it, poor, poor it, 
most important for those three, but Chelsea and City is also a big yeah. deal now. What, what do we what do we want to see happen to to these involved clubs? Let's talk about the, the Premier League one. Prospective prospective punishments. Yeah. I think a, let's get creative with it. Should we not? So let's mm. should we just remove the financial punishments? I think it's a it's so boring, and b I just hate speaking about money so much when we about football in, in general. We've we've, we've talked about five minutes enough this episode. Yeah, I yeah, want yeah. funny punishments. I want well, one, the... I want one player chosen by random <laughs> loaned to. The bottom team in the, in the, in the football <laughs> Swindon under nines. <laughs> Swindon under nines. Could be some uh, safeguarding issues. So and stuff unfair. Like that, so unfair <laughs> on that player. But I think it'd be fun. <laughs> can you imagine Aubameyang alone at like Forest Green Rovers? That'd be so good. Yeah, that's what it should be as well. Not just one player, as in like your top scorer slash assister. Has has to get relegated the next season. Oh, that's all right. That's like a set then. Or what if what if the the entire like playing yeah. squads got swapped between the two clubs? <laughs> like we we have Gilling Gilling of starting eleven in the Premier League. I think like more, a... I think I think put us all at the bottom of the pyramid, and then we've got to race back to the top without losing all of our money. Last one back folds. Last one back, Last one back folds. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, That's not sorry. fair, guys. <laughs> It'd be so hot not to get out of League Two first time. You know what? You know what? <laughs> I, was, I was thinking. I was genuinely only three about teams this. can get out of League Two. Yeah, I was genuinely thinking about this. Like, like if if all our clubs did get okay. By the way, this will never happen. This is like I, I think if anything, our clubs are going to get rewarded for staying in. Uh, oh, yeah. But um, I think if if all our clubs got demoted to League Two, that would be the most exciting thing that's ever happened. That's I, I would so watch good. every minute of every game. <laughs> and that is it. In in as like a concept, that is why this is such a disgrace because we could happily, not happily, but see our teams relegated and that would be an exceptional bit of entertainment to see our teams competing. In a, it doesn't matter what the league is. It doesn't matter if it's the Premier League. League 2, Jesus Christ. Have you seen some of the grounds in League 2? Minefield. Falling. <laughs> but that would be just the essence of competition. So it would be amazing. Because that, that is the other thing as well. I, there, there are a few things, like when I was weeping in my bed about the death of football that I was really concerned about. One was that like an FA Cup giant killing. And I, I am one of those people who's sort of like, ah, FA Cup, yeah, it's old, but is it that good? But like a giant killing, we <laughs> I mean, you just need to win it more. Again. Yeah, get some, oh, get some, get some cups, bro. You'll love it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see my team go away to have it in Waterlooville and maybe almost lose. Like, but the, uh, preferably bang them out. <laughs> rain down hellfire upon them <laughs> because it's, it's, it's mutually and it's one of the few it's one of the few situations in football where like truly and honestly both sides win because you know Accrington Stanley or actually maybe they're a bit too big whatever but these clubs they are so enthralled at playing playing these giants like if Arsenal or no okay, Spurs versus Marine let's say you'd, you'd beaten them a hundred nil the Marine fans would be fucking chuffed <laughs> like it's a part of what's great about football Money they make from from mm. playing these teams in terms of, be, especially if they play away, like mm. they can make so much money by by having that many fans in a stadium once yeah. the fans are back. Well, because usually TV, there's like a be on TV. There'll be yeah, a amazing. goodwill kind of agreement between like the big team and the small team where they just get all of the gates revenue. Mm. So like, 
if you come to a big stadium and you've got enough fans to like even come close to filling it, that's huge. Yeah. What was about any other punishment idea? Was it Lincoln that had that run? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they ended really up playing far. at the Emirates, didn't they? Yeah. Which is like, and we, yeah, they made a shitload of money from that. We, we, we sent them packing, you know, for <laughs> five nil. <laughs> it's how it is. Um, yeah, okay. So, so I, I like that punishment idea. What, what about other creative ones? Um, I mean, r- really, one, uh, one that we've all seen, obviously, with all, all, all the jokes from, from the Super League. One that could be quite funny is forced name changes to, to Pez names. Because um, <laughs> you know, clubs have now lost all their identity. Forced for them to, to get shitty pez names like West London Blues and North London Whites. If this had gone ahead, wasn't there a chance that Chelsea would have actually had to like not be Chelsea anymore? Because the people who <laughs> oh, own yeah, your ground were going to boot you out. <laughs> um, Stanford Bridge FC. If it had, yeah, because um, especially if they decided to go down the route of playing matches in china in america because because um the way it works is the chelsea pitch owners own not only own stanford bridge they own the name and the brand of chelsea football club so when our home matches we are considered Chelsea Football Club on the condition that our, our home matches are played at Stamford Bridge. You're a tenant. Can I, can I pause you there? That's so embarrassing. Well, <laughs> yeah, what, what kind of you oversight were, was this? You're, this you're, is, we don't live in, off on this? We don't live in Germany. We don't live in Germany where it's like, this is compulsory. Did, did, like, whoever no, found it, Chelsea it's, it's not even. It's not even like the, the, the Germany version. It's more like, like their landlords literally own the rights to their <laughs> names. as much as... <laughs> As much as Bramovich tries, he, he cannot he cannot win against them because they own they email own Chelsea, but so they a, own the brand. It's, it's like Abram- it's like Abram- if I moved flat and I had to like get a new name and like <laughs> yeah. national <laughs> insurance <laughs> number. I'd, I'd, like Bramovich yeah. getting emails after games, being like, "Roman, mate, could you please clean up after yourself? Like you've left this place <laughs> an absolute tip." <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, we don't live so here. Yeah, we, we may well have lost on air anyway. So obviously that's been going around. I reckon forced name changes for all six what would we be. Go with? What we go with? Let's get creative with it. Not not like okay. Actually, there are two things here. So if we'd stayed in the Super League and eventually become embarrassing uh, American franchises, um, what would our franchise names be? Ooh. And then as well as that, what would our punishment names be? Should, should we go around? <laughs> So it has to be so with the American franchise names, it sort of has to be like an alliteration. Like, oh, this is not my yeah. one, but it has to be like the Tottenham Trailblazers or some bullshit like that. Oh, what trail <laughs> have you blazed? <laughs> um, the Tottenham Trophy Lusses. Trophy Lusses. That's getting cut. Fuck off. Um, <laughs> the Tottenham We Tried. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like. Everywhere, like Arsenal's not a real fucking place, is it? Like, you'd have to Woolwich, yeah, yeah, we're in Woolwich, Woolwich, and there's all. I mean, there's the tube station, though, isn't there? So technically, it is. But is the tube station's derivative from the the tube station's named after us? It's not. It's not not a place called Arsenal. Just, just to clarify, your club is named after your stadium, and cannot, cannot stop (laughs) being. Cannot continue to be called Chelsea if you move to your stadium <laughs> and, and also just have places named after them. <laughs> well, you know, if we're talking about history and size and everything. You, out of all the clubs, 
United and Arsenal are probably most suited to have a franchise name because like Gunners and Red Devils is so American already. Red yeah. Devils, I, Tevi, I, we need to talk about this. I hate it. I think it's so <laughs> embarrassing. Oh, isn't it ass? Yeah, <laughs> so bad. How are we... To be fair, With... Hot Spurs is horrible. Hot I must Spurs. Say. No, 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 but that's not our that nickname. Is. That's not our nickname. Our nickname would be like the Lily Whites, which is like so quintessentially like Victorian that I like it. <laughs> if we're talking what is that? nicknames, there is, uh, there is about, one oh, yeah, loser. Who says one loser the Hot Spurs? Who's the loser? The Citizens. Oh. What? Oh. what is that? What are you trying, is it? Not even, not even spelled correctly. Spelled with a Y. It's spelled, with a, it's spelled with a Y so like, everyone knows it's city. <laughs> like senior citizens. Yeah. <laughs> what is the Chelsea name? Just the, you can't say the blues. Like you just can't say that. Thomas Harrison, cook it if, up. If we were if we were going down the American road with with stupid names and alliteration, I reckon we'd have to have to go obviously. Chelsea Badge Lion. I reckon you'd have to go something stupid like the London like Lions. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's very American, though, isn't it? That's very what it would be. Chelsea, Chelsea Big Hats. Hats. Or something, something the, uh, stupid BNP like that. Blue. Big Hats. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> something ridiculously idiotic like that. Like, because we, we, like you say, we don't have, we, our nickname is the Blues. Come on, you Blues. We don't have an obvious thing like the Red Devils. Or the lazy. We're, not, we're not the Lions. You don't have your own stadium. You don't have a proper name. <laughs> what are you bringing to this, this game <laughs> yeah. we're playing here? The Lions have and Big Blues. Oil, buddy. It's like, okay, it's Hamilton, like Chelsea are like a fake football club, like invented yeah. a football like <laughs> movie. Like, oh yeah, you're based on the line, the most common one. You're called the blues. Like that could be that's what a politician would say about his team. Yeah, oh yeah, I yeah, want the blues. I want the blues, the good old blues. Could be a million clubs. Um, could be absolutely right, Hammerston, you are getting put in the spotlight a little bit here, but it is now your job to come up with a better, you know, a better nickname for the for Chelsea right now. Uh, and what you say goes. We we have we have contracts signed and everything. Um Bear with me. I'm having a think. I'm sure there's got to be. There's got to be others. I mean, Chelsea pensioners. Yeah, there's that. But, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's based, the Chelsea. That's the Chelsea real. flower shows. That's based. That's yeah. I mean, you've all seen the badges. We've done. We've done those, and they're horrible with that weird-looking old man from the fifties oh, on the badge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I, I'll tell you what, I can't think of another one off the top of my head. I think it's, it's, it's the racists, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> the Chelsea racists. Chelsea. It's quite it's simple and elegant, that, isn't it? Mm. The Stamford Stasi? <laughs> <laughs> there we go, there we go. No, they, couldn't, and, and... they couldn't keep Stamford. No, they couldn't keep Stamford. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> but... yeah I've got to go somewhere is... else. Romans racist! Romans racist! Uh, but the, the acronym of um, Stanford Stasi is SS as well, which is yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on so many levels. Oh, yeah, we, we'd have to be like what, you know, our, our shit one or our new one. Both. The shit one is North London Reds. That's that's done. Well, it's, oh yeah. That's I quite don't nice, think it's though. American enough. Wanderers is isn't quite. Oh no, that no, no, that's sorry. That's if we get Jeez. demoted and we're not allowed that's, to be on. Well. I was going to say it would have to be. It has to be something <laughs> like is. the something cannoneers or something like that. Cannoneers um, is barely a word. All right, so we got 
the Arsenal Cannoneers, no, the Woolwich Cannoneers. Something like that. I think obviously they don't all have alliteration, so I think that would be fine. Um, although the thing with franchises is they can very easily be moved somewhere else. So let's let's say we're the Croydon Cannoneers or something like that. <laughs> or yeah. they, they can also easily snap up a sponsorship and go for like the Coca Cola Cannoneers. The Coca Cola Cannoneers. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. That's it. That's what Arsenal. <laughs> now I think the most famous thing in Tottenham bar the team is Chick King. So I think we could be. Chicken, what piece of seed? I mean, you're already basically the Tottenham chickens, aren't you? Because of the, the bash, Tottenham chickens so. and the way we play as well. Um, <laughs> the chicken chickens. Well, no, no, oh, chickens. no. We could, we could do a like a little um a little North London thing here, and you could be the like the Pepsi bottlers or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're the Coca Cola Cannoneers. We're the Coca Cola Cannoneers. You're the Pepsi bottlers, and it'll be called the the soft drink derby. Soft drink derby. <laughs> <laughs> Give the no derby. home anymore. No, <laughs> we don't live anywhere. We don't. What about Man United? Life, lastly, I think Man United are most likely to get a, a BS franchise name out of anyone, yeah. or maybe Arsenal. I don't know. Between those two. I want de- I want devils knocking about because that's so franchisey. Uh, yeah, it's, it's already so franchisey. Salford Devils, maybe I'm trying to think of something with D in it. Like no, because Salford isn't as well known a place as Manchester, and obviously you want to attract yeah. people to the to the idea of true. true. The Manchester Red Devils, I think that I think that would be it, wouldn't it? Really, I think it's. Well, I mean, the thing is, that could be both the punishment name and the franchise name <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> rolled roll into one. <laughs> <laughs> the Manchester Red Devils, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Okay, let's um, let's move on. Let's, let's talk again about the Super League, and then we'll move on to Mourinho and all that. Good. We stuff we forgot there. the fact that if we're having terrible, tragic new names, we'd have to have big, Larry, horrible new badges as well to go with it. With with terrible clip art pictures of. Ah, oh, the thing is, this is, a, this is a hot take here, but I prefer American badges to English ones in a lot of cases. Mm. No. Ours, would, ours would definitely no. be a cannon with a with a like a smiley face. No, it'd be a foot a JPEG of a football getting fired out of a cannon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like ours would be like a chicken because obviously a chicken standing on the ball isn't good enough. It'd be, it'd have to be more dynamic. It'd be like a chicken like chesting a ball down. <laughs> volleying it into like I don't know I don't know how that would be described in the picture but a chicken like smashing a ball oh, but, but may- maybe you could maybe you could do a partnership with KFC or something and have like you could be the, you could be the, KF- the KFC chickens and then the logo could be like the, the Tottenham chicken but with drumsticks as the legs <laughs> oh god can you imagine thank god because the, the thing is if we recorded this on Monday we wouldn't be too, we would not be speaking like this we would be speaking <laughs> we'd be depressed we'd be down in the it wouldn't be funny, <laughs> but there are there is some positives to get out of this whole Super League business. I think uh, just the sheer reaction from the fans, really. I mean, absolutely. Like, I think what what we found out, and lots of people have said it already, so I won't talk about it for long. But like the way that it's unified literally all football fans to the point that it's terrified these billionaires. They've all gone, oh the. The, the, the fans they they really like their their soccer hey and they like have all come out and been like we didn't realize that we've made such a terrible mistake these guys were like inciting like riots and actual proper 
proper action being taken like in their speeches and it worked i think they they got the message across really well football fans responded really well and the way that we were able in a, in a couple of days to take down these people who are who are like negotiation monsters they don't they don't really care about the integrity of the sport it's not because we reminded them of the integrity of the game that they were like actually no you're right football is a beautiful thing that's for everyone you're so right i forgot that <laughs> what happened was they were like oh god we i don't think we win this i think we lose this Mm. and that's that's so good and it mm. it really should be used to carry on the work that we've done so far not just in football but in society my main concern is now like you said these billionaires know we don't want that they know what we want and this isn't the end of this there uh, this will not be the end of the conversation the conversation will still be had i have no doubt in my mind these diseases to football like Agnelli and Perez will keep coming and keep coming and they will not let this go mm. and not the end of this conversation and next time now they now they know we don't want this we like the structure of football we don't want it torn to shreds next time when more money is offered they can't even use that excuse they know now I think really, where, like, I think where where does that leave us where it comes to is is not it is obviously money driven, but I think at the moment the the fans of these clubs based in the countries of of their origin it still hold more power than the overseas fan in wherever. I think the second that these these people that own these clubs can just point to these these fans in China or wherever America and say, "Look, these guys." That we have a bigger market share in these countries than we do here. It literally doesn't matter what you guys do. More money's being generated here anyway. We'll just move it. That is the the re, that's the moment when it all collapses. Hopefully, it won't come yeah. to that. I think maybe this is a watershed moment in terms of like the fifty plus one thing. I I hope oh, yeah. that goes through. I pray that goes through. Um, even if it would mean that I think our clubs would be potentially less competitive in the next. In the, in the next period, purely because of, you know, huge amounts of investment can't be piled into the clubs, I think it's definitely worth it. It um, would just need an adjustment period, I think, at how well run by an R. It just need to take new executives, new ideas, and an adjustment yeah. to obviously being more financially sustainable. And that's the thing. I think all of these statements coming out is for the clubs, we were trying to be sustainable. It's a load of shite. <laughs> sustainability, that... I mean, they all the money that they had promised these teams was from TV rights deals that they hadn't yeah. even got exactly. yet. So there's no sustainability right from the start. That this was a half baked plan, and and what Hamilton's saying, I think, touches on something really important and maybe quite worrying, which is they know now. Next time they'll probably come correct. There was something they'll that was with, with something palatable. Instead of oh, at some point there'll be a women's version, they'll say in in five years everyone's going to get paid the same. We're here for equality. We want to restructure the game and sneak in the fact that no one could ever get relegated uh, and sneak in the fact that it's basically the exact same thing. This we heard was that they were going to change VAR and have it that referees would have mics and speak as if it was like, um, like um, in, in, in rugby, in, in any other sport. Mm. And that was, that was one of the selling points they tried to push to try and make people think, oh, yeah, we love that because VAR is the big conversation right now. And there's, yeah, there is no doubt in my mind they're going to come again and knock on the same door and try the same yeah. shit. 
what needs to happen now is all legislative and it's all, you know, 50 plus one transfer caps, salary caps, limits on owner investment. Um, because obviously there's, there's always going to be big clubs. You can't make it so there's like a literal level playing field the whole time. And, you know, it probably will be the same clubs as it is now, but it's just, it can be fairer than this. It can be more sustainable than this. Um, the money that's going into all of our clubs, you know, a good deal of that could be going to grassroots football into, you know, into smaller clubs, into infrastructure. Um, it's just, we have to trust the people who are in charge now, be it the government or these footballing bodies to take initiative now and improve the game. And we just have to hope they do. The FA, really? No, I don't. But I think we have to be <laughs> opti- we have to be optimistic here because yeah. um, there's no point being being miserable and pessimistic about football. It's it's there's one a lot of, of the escapes the from at the moment. Uh, mi- misery. Exactly. Yeah, I think as well. I think the final point to anyone that wouldn't doesn't really understand why people felt the way they did. All of us in the in our group chat that we have talking about football, all of us were like, we you basically you don't agree. We wouldn't support our teams in the same capacity if at all if this plan went through and we literally would simply support another team that's how and this is this is this is you know these are teams that we've supported all our lives uh you know generations back for some of us like you know this is a whole massive thing we were prepared to throw away because of how strongly we felt against against this plan and thank christ that it didn't go through for now yeah speaking about another massive crime jose (laughs) (laughs) Oh, <laughs> this news would usually be very big. Um, I remember I was driving back to Edinburgh. It was an absolutely crazy drive for me, to be fair, because like I woke up as soon as I left. I heard on the radio about the news regarding the Super League and how serious that situation was. And I was like, Jesus Christ, I, I, I was speeding up to Edinburgh. And then I heard about Mourinho and like, you know, like an hour after. And I was like, like it's almost too much. It was almost too much for me to process as a, as a fan. Because also, from a Tottenham perspective, like my club was like utter shambles, like completely <laughs> nothing like I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, Ryan Mason has taken over. I I don't know anything about his managerial career. He was a, a fine player. He seems like a nice guy. Um, he won't be there come next next season. Do you know a name I've seen? A managerial name I've seen linked for Spurs. Who's that? Uh, Gareth Southgate. Oof. <sighs> I saw him. To be fair, I saw him after Pochettino got sacked. So I don't, I don't, I don't know if we'll get him. I think he'll do okay at the Euros, and I think that'll be enough for him to keep his job. <laughs> um, the ones, so let's talk. I think we'll talk quickly about the ones I want and the ones I do not want, and then we'll talk very briefly about Mourinho's legacy, <laughs> albeit it's very short legacy, I suppose. What um, legacy? Well, no, there is definitely a legacy there, uh, whether you like it or not. It's not. I mean, it's not a good one, but it's a legacy. Um, so let's talk. Let's talk prospective managers. <laughs> We've got on the list. It's Nagelsmann. Is is I think for most Tottenham fans, Nagelsmann is the one you want. I don't think we'll get him, but Nagelsmann is. You know, I can't see the reason why you would not want Nagelsmann apart from like the fact he hasn't really managed a club consistently at this level. But obviously, the fact that he's where he is now, at his age, this guy has got something. Um, Brendan Rodgers is another one who I'd be happy with. I think he's, I think he's very much Spurs DNA bottling. I think we'd become, we'd bottle to the next <laughs> level with Brendan Rodgers in, in the setup. <laughs> That'd be a sideways step for him, to be honest. 
Yeah. Well, we're a bit, a, we are a bigger yeah, club than Leicester. Right I, I do think it, for him personally, I, it wouldn't be the smartest move in the entire world. Um, for us, I think it'd be a pretty adept bit of bit of work to get him in. But I think it'd be a definite sort of ceiling raiser in terms of Spurs' level. I think I think like um, he, he's guaranteed to do a, a good job, pretty much. Like, there's no chance he could have the sort of catastrophe that's, that Mourinho does. Like, no, uh, he's, I mean, he's more Spurs. You never know. Do oh, you? Yeah. No, but like, I think I think Mourinho. Like, you think about it now. I know, we we really will get onto this when we speak about Mourinho. But it didn't really seem. It wasn't us, really. It definitely wasn't us uh, hiring Mourinho. Um, let's talk about the ones I do not want. Okay, there's a few of those. Nuno Esperanto Santo, absolutely fucking not. Yeah. Absolutely not. <laughs> um, if you ask me two seasons ago, even when they're doing well, no, the football is dreadful. And we've, he's basically Mourinho in the making, but without the trophies. So what's the point? Um, Eddie Howe. Yep, he's another Portuguese defensive manager. <laughs> precisely, precisely. I don't want. I don't want a pragmatic <laughs> manager. The only pragmatic manager I would want out of interest would be Antonio Conte, and he is very much occupied. So I want. I want someone with big ideas who bottles everything. That is just what I'm used to, and I can at least get behind <laughs> someone that does something like that. Um, like Pochettino, for example. Pochettino, I think, really is the apex of that idea. In, in football at the moment. And today yeah. it was reported actually that I just remembered Marcelino from Athletic Bilbao, who's consistently done great jobs in Spain. Yeah. He'd be great. Bielsa is another one who I really, that would be great. I really like, I don't think he would go. I think for his own legacy, I don't really want him to go. I like the idea of him at Leeds, but him at Spurs, I would really, really like that. Um, I think those molds of managers, they're all very, very similar molds. You know, not, none of them are defined by trophy success not one and I think obviously Spurs aren't defined by trophy success they're defined by their lack of success we might as well get <laughs> someone who is more aligned to our idea and go from there because moving on to Jose Mourinho when it's bad with someone who's completely at odds with your philosophy of football it, it's it is utterly unwatchable and it's so depressing um to support a team, where... and you mean you mean unwatchable in a in a lit- literal way because you did actually basically stop watching. Hmm. Well, I, I don't know. I didn't. I never. The actual closest I came to stop watching was the end of last season. I remember there was one game where we drew against Bournemouth, and we really deserved to lose. Bournemouth got relegated. Let's not forget. And I thought this is this is fucking dreadful, like fucking dreadful. The shit I'm seeing, it's it's not, it isn't entertainment to me anymore. I'd rather just see the result flash up on my phone because I don't care anymore. I just don't care. <laughs> um, with Pochettino, there was an element of like, well, even if we do lose, it, the the losses were more heart wrenching because you know the effort that was expended to get there. But with Mourinho, it was like I was angry. I was angry when we lost. It was just piss take. When we lost to Arsenal before, we didn't lose many times on Pochettino against Arsenal. But when we did lose, I was like, well, you know, this is how the, the derby has to exist like this. But when we lost, remember the, one of the very first podcasts we did, the North London derby, I was, I was so fucking pissed off. The way way the way we acted as a, as a, as a club on that day. <laughs> and I do think sacking him a week before a cup final, um... I don't really understand that. I know the players have basically stopped playing for him, but they're going to start playing for Ryan Mason, really. Well, he's <laughs> most of them are older than Ryan Mason. 
Um, and I do think <laughs> what a lot of Spurs fans theorise is that they sacked Mourinho amidst all the European Super League business to either keep us on side or distract us or divert our anger away or something like that. Um, no. I think the sack, one of the most... Because you forget what he's done this season. He is one of the most successful managers of all time. And to sack him before a cup final, I, I think that is a, a bizarre decision. I Sack him by Especially all means when, like, after the cup final. Yeah, like even even if... Even though it's just the, the League Cup or whatever, like winning this trophy would be so nice amidst just throwing away any chance to do it. I, I think it's also a really weird time because like drawing to with Everton that's not no. that's not like the trough of their season is it that's not the point we go oh, oh, no. yeah. well if you watch the game the like it it was like Harry Kane utter world class and then it's the same old shit was going on behind Harry Kane but Harry Kane was just so good on that night that we just managed to score two goals like everything else was as a result of Mourinho's uh, or the players just not playing for him and there ha- something has to be said about the players as well because they have now ousted two managers uh, by playing exactly like this, by just simply not like trying, or it's the defensive errors every single time, and something has to be said for them. You know, I think a lot of them have to go. I've said my list. I don't want to say my list again. I don't want to talk about <laughs> these guys. But whether I, I don't, I don't hate Mourinho. I think it's a bit disrespectful to him personally to to let him go at this stage just before a cup final. We, you know, the last cup final we got to, I oh know it was 2019 actually, so it wasn't actually that far away, but Champions League, Champions League final. Um, but we, we released there, and let's not forget, like in November, even December time, Spurs were very much in the running for the league. I mean, obviously, we fell off an absolute cliff, but you know, other teams have as well, not quite as high profile as Spurs, but you know, Villa, Southampton, they, they've completely fallen off. And obviously, I don't want to be compared to the likes of these clubs in, in a league aspect, but it happens. And you at least Let's give him the courtesy. Them, <laughs> yeah, exactly. At least give him the courtesy of seeing out the season. And look, trust me, if he wasn't sacked at the end of the season, I'd be furious as well because he didn't earn another season or a transfer window. But I think as, as a football club, decency and continuity and stuff like that. I don't like to be the club that sex manages halfway through every time. It leaves such a bad taste in my mouth. At least give him to the end of the season. Say, you know, then he can say goodbye to the players, all this, and be like, okay, we'll close that chapter. It didn't work. Let's start again in the summer. It's so a reset button, yeah. It doesn't work like that, does it, really? No. But, you know, I think they've done a, a massive service. I've been thinking about this by sacking him the week of the final because it was a final he, he would have lost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Would have lost. And now... Like, because everyone's like, oh, Mourinho's won everywhere he went, but not Tottenham. But it, there's also almost a caveat of, well, he might have won that week. He might have had a trophy that week. And, you know, when when it seems like a manager is unfairly or even just in this case, ludicrously sacked, it does go a long way to how they're remembered at the club. Mm. So if you had lost that final, then they'd sacked him, which would have obviously been the way to go. I think it would have been like, quite hate-filled from Tottenham towards Mourinho, which I'm not really getting at the moment now that he's been sacked. No, I mean, a lot of fans really hate him, to be fair. A lot of, like, pure pure sort of Tottenham DNA, if you like, in terms of the ethos of the club. Re- never, ever, 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 ever liked him. Um, and I'm not quite that. I'm a bit more flexible on that. I think if a manager wins and the, t- the football's okay, you know, I'm, I'm on board. I don't really care about the DNA so much when it comes to that but 
I'm happy that he's gone in a way, but at the same time, what is the point at the end? Of, what is the point of Sunday? Like we're not going to win. You think Ryan Mason? Ryan Mason? You know, I don't want to slag him off, but he's been Oof. coaching the youth team for like two years against Guardiola, maybe the best manager, the best manager in the world, with a super team. Like if we win, it'll be like not a model foot modern footballing miracle, so to speak, but. <laughs> it'll be fucking crazy if we won Sunday it'll be fucking crazy and I know we won't win and even if we did win on Sunday it'd be nice um, but it's almost like well, why just not just keep them to the end of the season We'd, I don't like to be the, the, the Chelsea kind of club to immediately sack players when we sacked Pochettino I was gutted I was absolutely gutted that we treat a manager like that after what he had done and then you know three or four months later boom he's gone I hate and it's that. Like you got, it's like it's like you've gone nowhere since then as well, is it really? It's like the whole the whole Mourinho chapter is like a it's like an empty page. I, I've never ever I've said to you guys before, I've never felt less attached to this club, especially the Super League, than I do at this moment right now. I I, I I'm not gonna call time, I'm not gonna hang up <laughs> as, as you said, Tommy, hang up my eyes just yet. <laughs> But they have a lot of work to do in in this end of the season in in some window, and in who they hire, and if basically, and I, you know, and Daniel Levy, just to put a word on him, like I was always, I was never Daniel Levy out. I think all the fans, I think it's automatic fan reactions to blame the board as well as everything else when the team's not doing well. But this whole European Super League business, you, you can fuck off, all, all of you. It can is entirely. Yeah. Has, has he made yeah. the list? He's made the list. He's he's on the fucking <laughs> list. He, Mourinho was on the list. That's one. So I can, I can check him off my list. Matt Doherty. Um, Matt Doherty. I, I feel sorry for him. I think I don't think he's going to play for Spurs again. I have a I have a question for you, Hammerson. Yes, I'm listening. Because Downing is Levy out. Uh, Arsenal fans are cronky out. I'm obviously Woodward and Glazers out. How? What? Where do you stand on a? Uh, on your your Russian Roman at this point, club legend Roman Abramovich. Yeah, it is a very tricky one because Roman has is spent much of his tenure and his ownership sort of. He spent he spent much of his tenure funneling money to uh, organizations bombing Palestinians, though purely on football. I think it seems more from what I've heard how the decision came to be it was supposedly the chairman's fault bruce buck because oh, he, he sold <laughs> who? bruce buck bruce <laughs> buck oh. and his, oh. and his, 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 his co-worker on. adam ass <laughs> <laughs> oh. no from what i've heard obviously the final say at chelsea is roman abramovich and that he he can't not take responsibility for this. It is his fault. So he can't he can't be absolved of the blame by any means. But and it doesn't completely again completely absolve him of the blame by the fact he came out yesterday morning and made the decision to pull us out. But it 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 helps in some way. Like he he it's not like he stuck it to the bitter end. Like if I was a Madrid fan right now, I'd, I'd want Perez's head on a stick. Mm. But Well, here's, here's an interesting thing about Abramovich Hampson that I want to ask you. A lot of Chelsea fans, high-profile Chelsea fans, said that 
when he sacked Lampard, that was the last straw for them in terms of his tenure. Like they actually don't want to be the kind of club that Chelsea love to be, or yeah. so people claim love to be, in terms of oh, you know, it's chaos here, but it works sort of vibe. Like him sacking Lampard to many Chelsea fans, that was like the last straw, basically. I I said this to you guys at the time that Well, I said high profile Chelsea fans, so wait. <laughs> that <hurt laughs> like hell. As as did Saki Mourinho the second time, and this is this is one thing I've thought about in the last few days. Obviously, it's it's something that I've felt before many times. Sacking managers, like them or not, um, and I had the high hopes that Frank would have led us forward on the for the long term. Obviously, that never materialised, but. Again, now in hindsight, it looks to be the right call with a Champions League semi-final against Real Madrid and an FA Cup final coming up. Uh, so, um, and it's true. So, well, yes, it hurts. And decisions like that, with success, like you guys were saying about Spurs, evaporate. The, the bad feelings evaporate very quickly. But the Super League is different. It is for the first time, I've actually felt like ashamed of the club. I can be the first time. The first time. time. You guys are horribly racist. Time number one. one every week. No, no, no. Ashamed of the club, Chelsea. Not the fans. Not the <laughs> yeah. players. Not that's what makes the managers the whatever. The actual. And I've I've been angry. I've been upset, but never actually, like we said earlier, not wanted to be a Chelsea fan. Sure. And that that is that is where where this this Super League debacle left us, and so it can't it can't be put in the same debacle. Sorry, sorry, sorry. That has to get talked about. The thing is, if if Abramovich does did get hounded out of the club, you obviously won't. Where does that leave it, Chelsea? It depends like, on who would a who would own who would take over who would, who would buy the club. Um, and and what? Because that that could be it could be anyone and everyone. There are, no, are very no. few people who could afford the club, as we all know. Um, but yeah, it would purely purely be dependent on that. Because chances are we would never get another owner as financially generous. Yeah, so, so lucky. <laughs> it it would be who who genuinely loves the club and appreciates the fans in the way around. Vladimir does. Putin. So, <laughs> Hitler yeah, from beyond the grave. <laughs> you know what? I'll, I'll I'll give that one a pass, Ed. Mr. Burns. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, oh. it would depend. But like Arsenal, Arsenal, Spurs, they've all shown that clubs can be sustainable without eighty percent owner investment. And Chelsea have built up enough of a club structure and income that we would we would survive we would be fine yeah you, you probably but be it fine. would be it would be a humongous hit but i think that that wraps up for today guys um it's been quite an enlightening discussion a more serious discussion than usual C- cerebral mean, yeah some of the conversations we've had recently serious we were talking about alternative american names <laughs> <laughs> we had to yes. light up a little bit yes yeah yes sprinkling <laughs> a bit of the pace and power formula <laughs> Until next time, I don't know if we'll do a roundup on Monday. We'll have to see. Uh, but until next time, Timmy, top right. Good to see you. Good to see you.
Henderson. Bottom right. See you later, lad. Goodbye. Patrick Halpin. Bottom left. I'll see you later. It's been a pleasure. Don't appreciate the stereotyping, but whatever. <laughs> I don't know why I launched into an Irish accent there. I really don't. And Ed Dixon, top left. Till next time. Next time. Oh. <laughs> that, that was a really that was a really breathy till next time yeah I couldn't <laughs> that was horrible I've got something stuck in my throat let's go again <laughs> nah 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 we've got what we need if you enjoyed the podcast please follow it on Spotify rate it on Apple Podcasts and just have a very good day and we'll see you in the next one oh. wow mm. the, the stupid noise at the end we got to have it yeah <laughs>